Yeah, that's uh, Nancy Bates, and the track is an old black woman. And uh, Nancy was in here last year with us, and uh, that hadn't been released then. I'm not sure whether it's actually on a public release yet or not, but it's a beautiful track. And so that is my way today of welcoming you to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We're also streaming live at ocrfm.org.au. Now, I would like to pay my respect to and acknowledge the Gulijan people are the custodians of the land we're on today, as well as the Gadabanud who are along the coast, and I'd like to pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Oh, how are you going, Ed? It's nice and warm in here. I think we might have to turn the heater off. It's very cosy in here. Very cosy now. Mm. And look, today we're going to, we're starting an actual, this is beginning our second year, we with our 53rd program today of Community Connect, we started it off last year having a yarn with Ebony Hickey, who was the person behind getting us down here to uh, do a bit of broadcasting. And when we when we were doing that, it was also about National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee or NADOC Week. And we've got Ebony Hickey here in the studio once again. Talking Thanks. about NADOC, so welcome Ebony Hickey. No problems, thank you for having me. Now, now look, I've done an acknowledgement, now I wish you, if you'd please do, and as you are a Gulijan woman, would you please do a, a welcome to country for us, if you would. Beautiful, so Natanwai everyone, my name is Ebony Hickey, and I'm a proud Gulijan woman. My family has been that of the southwest since the beginning of time, before the the landscapes were created and the country as we know it is today. So I'd like to pay my respects to my elders past, present and future. I've also got my little son in here today and his name, I might get him to do a little opening. My name's Ollie. And what do you want to say to Colac? Good morning. Thank you. Um, so I'd also like to... Um, acknowledge the heart, ears and eyes that my family have brought to this community and country for a very long time and encourage everyone to use their heart, ears and eyes throughout NADOC week as well. So thank you for having me and good morning. Good morning and thank you very much for being here too, Ollie. That was wonderful, Ollie. <laughs> very brave of you. I never got to talk when I was that age. Uh, but anyway, we're here. And uh, look, thanks for your beautiful welcome there, uh, Ebony. Well, today the theme for the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee for this year is Voice, Treaty, Truth. Let's work together. It sure is. I think it's a really good follow-on from um, Reconciliation Week, Grounded in Truth. We're moving to a space where we can speak about the past honestly and openly and I think that Reconciliation Week and NADOC Week this year have been a beginning in that conversation with the mainstream world about truth-telling in its honest and raw forms even when it's confronting and a little bit tricky. It needs to be confronting do you think Ebony? I'm not sure whether it needs to be confronting but it is confronting. Um, we have such a strong history especially in the Western District, of 200 years of history and knowledge. 
Um, but what we do have is 60 to 120,000 years prior to that that we haven't really spoken about, we haven't really acknowledged, and we haven't really done it the the justice and recognition that it needs. So we've got to start talking more. The, the cultural side of it, language side of it, that's all an integral part of what's seemingly, or it has been lost, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's, an in, it's the International Year of Language this year yeah. as well. Um, so there's been lots of work that's been done. Ani Vicky Cousins has been integral in that part, in this part of the world, um, in reviving and starting language again. So I think we've got a lot of work to do, but... Is, in that regard, is that pulling the uh, Gurujan language together as well here? Yeah, so there's been little bits and pieces of work done so far, but um, we've still got a long way to go. Um, Ani Vicky has been working with FACL, the Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Language, about reviving... Oh, I love all the... <laughs> <laughs> acronyms. All the acronyms, don't you? Yeah, so, um, yeah, Ani Vicky has been working really hard on... Um, reviving languages that may have been previously lost or misplaced. Um, so, yeah, we've got lots of things to do, but... What does it mean to you, then, to, that this is happening? You're a young a young woman. I'll take that. Uh, well, you are. <laughs> well, I mean, when you can be, come on, Edwina. Well... You're going to back me up there. She's compared to us, at least, anyway. <laughs> She's a young woman. You're a young woman, so how young are you mum. seeing it? You, is it you people who are driving, you young ones that are driving? Because I, I, one of the reasons I'm saying this is the music we're playing today, except for Nancy Bates, the, the first one, is going to be of young people who are coming through and they're keeping the song lines going by singing about contemporary stuff. But we've got you know, the likers of Louds who talk about, uh, who, who sing about Bell Post Hill near Geelong where there was a massacre. And is it you young people who... Taken the responsibility now for the truth telling, or is it the elders that are guiding you with it anyway? I think it's a continual thing. I don't think that it it stops and starts with old people and young people. I think that it's the road that the elder elder people of the community have paved for us it now allows the younger people to have a voice that maybe the elders weren't allowed to have in their time. So I think we're trying to raise and rear more confident and capable young people to be able to have their voice in a public arena than we have previously been able to do. So we're hearing voices on different platforms in different ways. Music's been made. Um, we've got more Aboriginal identified positions. We're more, we're more supported in terms of agencies and organisations that we can have that voice and that more people are allowed to have that voice as well. So I hope that we'll see more young people come through proud and confident in their identity and being able to have those conversations and make music and write poetry and do theatre. And I think every Aboriginal person in Victoria went to the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra last week where we saw oh, some yeah. beautiful language. Oh. There wasn't that incredible. We were lucky enough to go there. Um, yeah, Umarella. The Umarella, the, the massacre. Fabulous. With mm. uh, Deborah Cheatham. You, you were at that. That was absolutely fantastic, and the ovation at the end of it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, I did learn that opera is not very humble. There is lots of clapping, mm. lots and lots of clapping. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we it went on for seven and a half minutes or something, and this is probably where I've got my sore wrist from. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I was I was crying. It was beautiful. And there was lots of tears throughout the 
throughout the audience as well. But um, so Ani Vicky um, translated Ani Deborah Cheatham's work. Work, yeah. yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah, yeah. And that was about a massacre that happened at the Umarella River, which is just you know, it's halfway between Portland and Port Ferry, isn't it? I understand. Um, I had a look on a map for that. It's near Port, um, not far from Port Ferry. Yep, and so it was recognising that, but it's also was part of the truth-telling of what has actually happened. And this area is the same around Geelong. Um, there was a lot of well, bad stuff went on that um, needs to be talked about. Mm. Yeah, so we study all sorts of um, local history in schools. We can all tell you who the protectorate was and who bred the first sheep here and who built the first brick here and who had the first homestead. Mm. What a lot of people can't tell us is what was happening before. Pre, pre that. We, we hear about the first person to cross the the Inverley River was a white fella. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's another story up your daughter country as well. The first person to cross the Murray. Well, people have been crossing the Murray for years. <laughs> Well, it's um, about bringing awareness of, yeah. of our true history, which is fabulous. Yeah, yeah. We've we've had to, we've had some negative feedback, or I have had a little bit of negative feedback here, the same as you get elsewhere. So, is there still a bit of racism go on oh, around this area? I wouldn't pinpoint it exactly to this area, or in your environment. Is in my environment, too? definitely. So, I work in Aboriginal community development. Um, and trying to dispel myths or misconceptions around Aboriginal people, Aboriginal health, gaps in health quality, all those sorts of things. There's always people who are wanting to challenge challenge those facts and figures, mm-hmm. but everyone learns at a different rate and speed as well, and for what's not evident to some people or what's not relevant to their lives is very relevant and to other people's lives so we've got a everyone's on their own journey and everyone will get there but we can't leave anyone behind no well as part of truth telling i mean you can tell me no you can put on a record greg but as far as truth telling goes as an aboriginal woman how does it make you feel when you are subjected to to racist stuff that goes on there's i think depending on the setting there's genuine um trying to find the right word for it there's people who genuinely don't know any different or any better and then there's people who are genuinely trying to cause upset and distress and trying to decipher what situation you're in whether it's someone who's trying to be insulting or someone who needs some more education around the conversation so I think if it's someone who's genuinely trying to be insulting it hurts but I also don't have time to argue with idiots so I I choose not to but if it's someone who needs that extra education and support in understanding the issues then we provide the the extra information and provide that support so we can get everyone up to the the standards that we need to create a safe and healthy community because that's what we're doing we've got Ollie sitting here and it needs to be safe for him um, and his his right to be part of his culture yeah, so it's a lot safer for me than it was for my grandfather. It was a lot safer for my grandfather than it was for his grandmother and so on. So we want the best for everyone's kid and by default, what's best for my kid is what's best for your kids as well. That's right. Yeah. So um, this truth-telling and honesty system that we have deeply ingrained in Aboriginal 
history, Aboriginal people have been telling the truth for a very long time. But the mainstream world hasn't listened. As the mainstream world starts to listen more, we need to be able to empower our young ones to be able to speak the truth and to be able Mm. to be confident to speak that truth as well because that truth is their truth. It's ingrained in who they are. So, Mm. I think that truth is happening more so now than before because we were all taught white history yeah. And we and it was ingrained in us about uh, what how Australia came to be, and as we got older, we realised that hey, this isn't right. Mm. Part of our own looking in, in our own backyard. Well, so you mentioned Ebony about how um, you've now got the voice. Well, the voice was literally taken away from the from your elders and their elders, so they weren't allowed to speak anyway. So now you're you're the ones who that was probably why I was getting to it was it's because this generation now and in this time is where we are all talking. Yeah, so I've been really lucky to have been raised to always know that I have a voice and to use my voice, to use my voice for what's right and stand up for everything that our family believes in and I hope that yeah, my kids can can grow up to have that same voice, but it's definitely not a voice that all Aboriginal people have been afforded. Um, and I suppose it's probably a layer of privilege that I have to have always known who I am and where I am come from. There's Aboriginal people through past policy and trauma that don't know where they're from and don't know and don't know their family and their history. So that voice for them would be different to to the voice that I carry as well. So there's importance in everyone's voice and everyone's story. Okay, that's for sure. As I said earlier on, we're going to be playing some um, young people's bits and pieces one of them I was actually interested in and I don't uh, it's Portuguese <laughs> it was these I've got to give the recomm- or the uh, the choices for these songs came from me doing a Google would you believe uh, on songs for NADOC 2019 and a lot of the credit for this goes to uh, Triple J and uh, but also to air it because as community broadcasters we're able to pick up songs to to play that uh, we get through community broadcasting and this first song is called Tunes and it's from a girl by the name of or a woman by the name of Lee Flanagan and it's the new, it's an often new album Sorted Sordades which is named after a wonderfully untranslatable word, and I think I probably didn't even pronounce it very well. And I'm just reading a little bit. It's, it conjures a tangle of feelings that only the Portuguese in their wisdom of the heart's joys and sorrows could name with just one word. And in a way, the reason it's been picked is because of all the joys and the sorrows that you guys or the Aboriginal communities have had and the work that goes in behind or the, the you know what has gone on in your lives. And uh, it's gone a lot all over the world, this sort of behaviour, where the, the first peoples or the, yeah, the first peoples, I think that's what we're calling it now, isn't it? Yep. Where the first peoples have gone through lots of, well... Pain, trauma, suffering for mm, the benefit of not them. For the benefit of not them and, uh, yeah. So her incredible journey as an artist has detailed this in which she writes an emotional history one that resonates with her rich musicality steeped in the complicated romance of deep feelings and a wild heart. And I've just got to make sure I get the correct one on after I've told you about 
all that because it really is a, a song to listen to, but it, I, I suppose putting it on, it reflects, yeah, what's happened in a lot of places, in a lot of areas. And, uh, well, Edwina, what do you think of that? You haven't really heard this. We had, we've had a flicker of a couple of these songs Edwina has, so we've picked them out because there were five actually chosen by Triple J, um, and we're going to be playing three of them. And the next two are a little bit more close, or a bit closer to home. But you, we'll have a listen to this when you're on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry here on 98.3 FM in Colican District and 88.7 FM along the coast. It's getting on near enough to 19 minutes past the hour and we are streaming online via ocrfm.org.au and we'll be back with you after this track. Yeah, welcome back. That was... I just got caught short again. That's terrible. I shouldn't do that. We're having a yarn in the studios here. And um, because we're friends with Ebony Hickey using here, we seem to get off track a little bit. And Well, anyway, I'm Greg McHenry, and this is Community Connect. And Edwina's sitting there with a big smile on her face, and Ebony just went, whoops, as well. <laughs> Don't blame me for your I'm problems. I'm not blaming anything about anything <laughs> I, for anyone. I was I just, just telling Ebony, when I was a little girl, I used to say to my mum, where are all the Aboriginal people? And she said, I just don't know, Eddie. I always wanted to know. I was hungry for knowledge. And I, my, the highlight of what I wanted was to see them make a bark canoe. <laughs> well, you mightn't be able to, might be able to do that. I don't know. But first, we'd better let people know where we are because that's the polite thing to do when you're on radio. Edwin McHenry, who's there <laughs> on Community Connect with Ed, Ebony Hickey and Greg McHenry, I am. And you're on 98.3 FM Colican District and 88.7 FM along the coast. And we've lost Ollie out of the studio because he is playing something in the at the other area yeah. where it's awfully cold. Ollie like is Aaron out team. there watching YouTube, watching other children play with toys. So that's <laughs> a that's a thing apparently. Yeah, how old is he? He is six years old. Six years going on. Twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful kid though. He is now one. One of the main reasons we also got you in last year is because Kara Karamian. Now I had to learn to say that, and you've done it perfectly. And I've done perfectly. And what does that mean? So that's is that's a it's a Gulagin word, yeah. Yeah. So Kara Karamian is a name, and she's my grandmother, nine or ten generations past. So she's our um, further back recorded further. I don't know. Your oldest, your oldest ancestor. oldest ancestor's um, name, yep. That you've been able to trace back. That I've been able to trace back. How many Australians can do that, I wonder? Without going into Ancestor.com, how did you do that? Um, I suppose... It's pro- Song lines? No, there's, there's written history of my family from this region that goes back to about 1812. And there was Western names and non-Western names in the really early days and yeah we managed to trace back that with the Koori Heritage Trust and get back as far far as we could and so on the paperwork she's known as Queen Kitty but I don't really believe in Queen or the monarchy so I'll use her real name and that was Kara Karamean. Well, that was another thing that to me you know uh, King Billy and Queen Jane, whatever it was, all of the things that, the, like, given that, that were passed from 
the establishment, I suppose, um, yep, from the, the colonials, that uh, that to me seemed to be, well, on reflection, it seems a bit demeaning in a way, isn't it? There is people that that believe both ways and identify through Queen lineage. Um, I personally don't identify with the monarchy or the crown or any names given to my family by the monarchy or the crown. Um, but yeah, there are people that identify comfortably and confidently with that. But yeah, that just doesn't sit well with me and that's not something that I can do. Is that part of the two worlds that you live in? Um, because it is the two worlds really for you, isn't it? There is two worlds. I think now as I'm getting older and my social circle's getting wider and I'm more confident to um, say, no, this is not something I align with, this is not something I want to be a part, that my social circle and my world has become broader and that the people in my world all all walk in a similar in a similar path and a similar light. So it might not be two worlds, but the amalgamation of of a better world. It's melding. Yeah. Is that the well, I think that's a good term, isn't it? It melds. It's, yeah. it's a, we are becoming more of a unit now with the, with all the truth telling that has gone on. Yep. And with people well f- accepting or, or starting to learn about each other. Yep. So that's gonna. I'm gonna segue that one and say that we've got a project starting. Well, there you go. Well done. Now that isn't that a that's a that's a real radio term. We're Hold on to your seats. I'm gonna um, take over. No. Okay. okay. Go for it. I'm gonna change chairs. You can come over here and push the buttons. As I'm well. no good at pushing the buttons on the. I can push buttons, just not on a radio show. I'll give you a quick lesson. No, I don't. During the next song. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Um, okay. So in terms of. Um, unity and understanding. We've got a exciting project which has been funded by Family Safety Victoria with the Delk Jars. So the Delk Jars used to be known as the IFRAGs, which is the Indigenous Family Violence Regional Action Group. IFRAGs, that's the best yet. <laughs> it's not, there's better. But um, So the Delk Jar has funded us locally to do a project called Community and Unity. So we put the call out for some businesses within Colac Central Business District to get involved we're still looking for more if you are interested please contact me after the show um and what do, would be involved oh sorry yes yeah, so we're going to do 20 pieces of public art throughout the colac cbd so it'll be like a little bit of a walking arts tour that promotes culture in a positive narrative so um lots of people when they think of aboriginal people um the media has portrayed aboriginal people in a negative light since the dawn of western arrival in australia and this will be an opportunity for the Aboriginal community to have their voice viewed out in the mainstream. Um, so there'll be po- some political stuff, there'll be some public art stuff, there'll be some murals. I heard someone's got 4,000 posters and a giant paper mache project on the go. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, there'll be lots of things coming. So it'll be over the next 12 months that we'll really get that into swing. And the funding is only really minimal. So we need buy-in from other agencies, but I think that we'll be pretty successful and that we'll be able to have at least, yeah, 20 pieces of public art in the next 12 months and we can grow and build on that. It doesn't have to be a project that has an end date. So it's called Community in Unity. Um, it's funded by the Delkja and the Family Violent, Family Safety Victoria. And, yeah, so keep it's, your eyes peeled for that. So if anyone wants to buy in, how do they go about it? Um, they can email me at 
ebony.hickey at wotherong.org.au or contact me on 0449-948-475. You'll have to repeat that again and then we'll get you to talk, give it out to us again later on, Eb. No problems. So what is it? Ebony.hickey at wotherong.org.au and wotherong is W-A-T-H-A-U-R-O-N-G dot org dot A-U. Or on my mobile on zero double four nine nine four eight four seven five. Okay, keep your pencils ready because Ebony will tell you once again about that later on. Yep. So what other things are going on though? We when I was down at uh, when visited you at Karakaramean and I needed a hat band, I was lucky enough to buy one before I met up with who did we meet at the um, festival at uh, Dean's Marsh was it? Dean's Marsh. So Deb Rhodes. Deb Rhodes, yeah, Purple Deb, who story. was on here for the Standing Stick story. Mm. Standing Story Sticks, Big, yeah. Standing Story Sticks, because I wanted to have a, a, an Aboriginal or red, black and gold headband, and I've managed to buy one from you guys. Yeah. From Amanda. So we've got a beautiful um, local Aboriginal artist, Amanda Stanley, and she creates some of the best braided hat bands or bag ties or um, school schoolwear accessories that you can possibly find and she's also been shortlisted to be in cross-pollination this week as well so she's got a piece in cross-pollination so if you're around Copac this weekend go and have a look it's stunning what's that all about um cross-pollination is and I don't work for Copac or the council so you have to forgive me but um it's a fiber arts show that is happens once a year and I think it falls in around NAIDOC week every year as well so um, it's really big and exciting, and I had a little bit of a sneak peek in the doors the other day, and it all looks pretty flash and exciting. There's 3D printed fibre things. There's fibre things hanging from the roof. There's fibre things on the ground. There's all sorts of colourful and exciting things going on in there. So if you're in if you're in Colac over the weekend, definitely, definitely hop into Copac. Would we be able to get a sneak preview when we're walking back to the railway station today? I'm not sure, but you can go and knock on Copac's door and... And ask. Or we just tell them we're going into the toilets or something. I can't endorse that, but definitely <laughs> give a knock on the door and, and find out. Uh, I think it's worth a, t- worth a try, Edwina. Good on you, You're cheeky enough. Oh. Not. So, what, and, but what else has been happening with Karakaramean is really flourishing from what I can understand. Yeah, so we've been open for nearly two years now just two days a week we're getting busier and busier and the expectations on myself to be out and about and doing more things are becoming more and more so we're looking into opportunities for maybe a traineeship or something so that we can keep the doors open a little bit longer how often are they open now well when i'm there they're meant to be open on a wednesday and thursday but sometimes on wednesdays and thursdays i have to dance around on the radio or We'll have oh, other important d- meetings. Right, oh, I haven't seen the dancing going on yet, so we'll do that at the next track. We'll make sure you do. You're gone. Um, but, yeah, so normally on a Wednesday and Thursday we're open and I try my best to meet the needs of the community through that way. But, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to have the doors open a few more days a week in the in the future and have some, new peop- some more people on the ground as well. Okay, now how many with partnerships and that around Colac have you expanded in the two years with the people you're connecting with? Um, I wouldn't say that we've really expanded. We had a really good network base to begin with and some really good partnerships that hit off really early, but we've 
we've probably articulated those relationships, what we need, where we need to be, what tables we need to sit at and what can we do best with our time instead of being everywhere and doing everything. What are our priorities and what do we what do we need to be putting our, our hats into? And it can't be a one-person band for the rest of it either, can it? It can't be a one-person band, but we are needing yeah, definitely more funding. And there goes the phone, which we can't do anything about, so we just let that go. Mm. I hope Ollie doesn't. <laughs> so Ollie's out there. Sorry, this is community that's radio. Okay. We just make sure that's okay. With um, yeah, with NADOC, how do you feel about it, Ed? Because we've been promoting it for many years now, and um, what I'd like to do, if I can, at some stage, and I know Ebony hasn't got a lot of history on it. I've picked up a little bit of history on the on what NADOC's been about, so I might bore people with it. No, not bore people. It'd be a bit of an exciting journey. I actually to let people know what it's all about. Yeah, or when I, it I look started. forward to NADOC every year. It's it's really um, it's an exciting time for our communities. I think it's a good time for the get-togethers as well because a lot of the yarning that goes on now mm. is where we learn stuff. I, mean, um, I think we've actually talked about what the Welcome to Country is about, where it is a cultural thing that some people don't understand, but I'd, I might give a couple of minutes or a minute or so on it because um, I think it's probably it's worthwhile. And if I explain what a welcome is, um, Ebony, who's just come back into the studio, can tell me whether I'm right or wrong. But we're going to, in your absence, we've sort of, talked about what we're going to talk about. I'm going to give a bit of history because I've dug it up, but about what the what a welcome's about. From what I understand, if someone, because you, you'd have marriage from into clans or clan from clan, that if you were, if you came to the boundaries of, say, uh, I, I don't know, you get to the river that is a boundary from one territory to another. I'm not sure what the boundary is between Gulagin and or what creates a bit. So the barn. So if you're in, you're, say you're in Gulagin territory mm-hmm. and you want to come into going to Gadabanud territory and you, you get to the Barwon, you'd be camping on the side of the river um, and you'd set up your camp and you'd do all your cooking and living and you'd be observed by the people on the other side of the river to see how well you looked after the the camp you were in and how you were behaving and might take a day or two days or three days and then at some point when they've realised that you're not or you know your behaviour is okay they'd set a fire up on the other side as a welcome which would be then meant that if you do accept the welcome into the country that you would come into the the new country that you're visiting that you would be accepting their their customs their culture their tradition and behaving as you would be expected to behave uh, acceptably and yeah yes yeah, so that pretty of much diff- of it no, there's lots of different there's lots of different ways some some would happen faster some were a necessity um, moving across boundaries but yeah there's lots of different ways and responsibilities but a welcome can only be done by a traditional owner an acknowledgement can be done by everyone so there's a misconception that and then a welcome to country can be done by Aboriginal people broadly. I can't do a welcome to country in Geelong because that's not, not my your country. country. It's not your country. But I can do a welcome to country here. Um, but yeah, so you do an acknowledgement if you are in Geelong. Geelong. Yeah. So anyone can do an acknowledgement, and only traditional owners of the country can do welcomes in, in that, that country. In that country. in that country. So I'm, I'm quite comfortable with the um, 
with the acknowledgement that we do now here on a, on a regular basis then. Mm-hmm. And you're happy with it? Yeah, definitely. Good. Now, as far as NAIDOC history goes, uh, 1920s and the 30s, that was when the uh, there was a little bit of a boycotting went on around Australia Day. So it's not new, uh, the 26th of January being a, a point of discussion as to whether it rankles or not within the Aboriginal community. And there are a few organisations emerged up through to the 30s. And in, then in 1935, um, there was a petition sent out to the, to the English to try and get Aboriginals involved in federal parliament. And it took until, then went on to 1938, uh, when prote- protesters actually did march in the streets of Sydney and they started a congress where thousands of people uh, were after their civil rights as Aboriginals and people who belonged to the country. And they had a day, they would call it a day of mourning, and which is understandable. Then in 40 to 55, uh, the day of mourning was held annually on the Sunday before Australia Day and was known as Aborigines Day. And in 55, the Aborigines Day was shifted to the first Sunday in July. And from there, things started to move. In 56 to 1990, major Aboriginal organisations, state and federal governments and a number of church groups supported the formation of National Aborigines Day Observance Committee, which is where the NAIDOC comes in. And now I must fess up that when I first looked at NAIDOC, I pronounced it NIDOC because it wasn't until 1991 when the islanders were taken on, but the original pronunciation has stayed as NAIDOC. So the I is silent, so to speak. But then in 91 to the present, with the growing awareness of district cultural history and Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islanders, NADOC was changed to have the I in it and the new name has become the title for the entire week. Uh, The theme chosen is to reflect the important issues and events that are currently going on, which is why, as I said, in the early days or in the early part of the program, that the... um, Well, you know what it is. What is the theme for today. So the theme for NADOC this year is Voice Treaty Truth. Let's work together. Let's work together. Sounds simple, but... Yeah, so we've got a couple of things happening this year at the Colac Aboriginal Gathering Place um, and in partnership with (coughs) this year the state government offices. So we have flag raising on Thursday the 11th at 11am at 83 to 85 Jellybrand Street, Colac. And then we have a short walk back up to the community house at Karakaramean House at 12 o'clock at 4 Miller Street for a free community lunch. And then on Friday the 12th at 6.30pm, we're heading out to Red Rock Regional Theatre and Gallery for a movie night. The movie is yet to be confirmed, but that's at 520 Krangamite Lake Road. And the lovely people out at RTAG will make sure that, that the night's good. And so that'll be by a gold coin donation. And then we also have, in partnership with Wotherong, we have got our NADOC ball on Saturday night. So that's sold out. So 240 seats all sold out. Behave yourself. It is going to be a really <coughs> big night. So we've got um, local Colac band, the Angus Duo, opening for us, followed by the Marindas. And then we've got DJ Jake Steele going to close the night and then get everyone home safely on, on buses. Good, eh? 
Way to go. So, yeah, it's a couple of big weeks. Sure yeah. is. <laughs> it's great. And you'll need a break. I need a break already, and it hasn't even started yet. I've got mm. NADOC exhaustion. <laughs> oh, dear. There's a little planning and, every, and all the work as well. Yeah. Well, you can have a break for a bit over three minutes because I'm going to put a, another track on, and I'm lucky. This one's a solo Indigenous act from East Darnham land, Northern Territory. Now, I've got to use the the word, or I've got to use, that's terrible English, isn't it? I'm going to use the prompts I've got here. Uh, it's spelled G-A-W-U-R-R-A, and pronounced Gaura uh, is the name of the artist and the track's called Divine of Love and in Yongyu that's Raja Yali Yali and so we're going to be playing this track and once again I'm going to be giving credit to Triple J for its um, work done in terms of picking out tracks that are relevant and are also reflective of the the youth and the young ones coming through who are creating the song lines for our contemporary people. And um, this per, the person, Gaura, is an extraordinary singer and engaging performer hailing from East Arnhem Land, and he's a contemporary of Garamal, and he has the deepest resonant voice and musical sensitivity. You'll have a listen to this now. Yeah, the track is called Vine of Love. You're on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on 98.3 FM Colac and District and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we are also streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au and it's moved right along. It's about 16 minutes to the hour. So we haven't got long to go here before we then go back on to autopilot. We'll be back with you after this beautiful track. That's fabulous. That's Gaura. Um, the track pronounced Raja Yali Yali. It's, it's Yongyu for Vine of Love. I've, I'd like to read just a little bit about what it says here. Uh, Gaura is passionate about keeping his la- Gapapangu language strong. He's dedicated to sharing his music and culture with the world. The song itself is a Yongyu song line. It's a traditional song that translates to the vine of love, which is a thread of love that keeps everything connected. And that really, the sentiments of it are really fantastic, and I think that's what we wanted in our our country, is we want all the threads to be put together. And if it means telling the truth, uh, let's listen to it and let's talk about it. And that's a little bit of what we're doing here today on... OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast with Edwina and I on Community Connect. I'm Greg and we have Ebony Hickey in here and Ollie's been briefly in and out. He has. He's just been for a trip to the loo up at the bowling alley. Um, and yeah, still on the still on the YouTube watching other kids play toys. Oh, but <laughs> oh well. Now you didn't hear all of that track but you heard the last part of it. It's absolutely brilliant. It what a beautiful stunning, voice. Wasn't it? Yeah. Stunning voice. Definitely, definitely. We've got lots of talented Aboriginal people and around. And I think that NADOC Week is also a chance for everyone to to celebrate and listen and learn a little bit more. Well, a little bit just on Gower in, the, in his bio that they've put up here. He is actually recognised even, even as a young bloke because he's been trained by the elders. <laughs> he's, he's learned so much from the elders that he's, all, he's basically being included as an elder. And that, that is something great that, a, you know, that the youth have respected that much. Definitely, definitely. So I've never met an Aboriginal person who doesn't want our young people to become 
our knowledgeable old people. It's all mm. about that equity and sharing of information, and when the time is right, the the right people will step up to that. So, now I'm going to ask you to step up to. We've only got about ten or eleven minutes left. All right, let me power through this. Um, so. <laughs> Have we heard about treaty? I think there's a treaty poster under the door here somewhere. Oh, there is, but it hasn't actually been stuck up, Edwin. I was looking at that just before. Some some magical little fairy. Um, oh, was that you? that under the door. Yep, beautiful oh, fairy. Can I tell you about our posters for NADOC? The ones that are on the train to Warrnambool <laughs> as we speak? Yes, they are. We've, we've left them on the carriage and they're on. The, they're coming back and we'll have them here, dear, oh dear. I might actually get them off the train and we'd get them to deliver them here. <laughs> That's okay. So um, this Sorry. year's NADOC is about um, voice treaty truth, which is fairly relevant because the f- um, the Treaty Commission and the First Nations Assembly of Victoria um, are enrolling Aboriginal people to vote for treaty at the moment and they're... Um, forgive me for my language again. Um, there is a... Um, call for nominations for people to stand for nominations to help set the treaty framework that the Commission will set to the State Government of Victoria that will hopefully be the start to negotiating treaties with recognised Aboriginal parties and Aboriginal people of Victoria in the coming days. So if you are an Aboriginal person and you would like to nominate, please call Hayley Cousins on 52770044. If you are an Aboriginal person who would like to enrol to vote, please go to firstpeoplesvic.org.au or if you're having trouble with the website, please contact Hayley Cousins, the Treaty Officer at Wuthering Aboriginal Co-op on 52770044 and she should be able to um, set you up. Okay, now what's Hayley's number again? Now you better give this out, Hayley Cousins. And I'm just talking, people might be able to hear it, I hope not. (laughs) So Hayley Cousins is the Treaty Officer Zero. at Wuthering Aboriginal Co-op and she is contactable on 52770044. Or 04, you, what was that number? No, I didn't have a mobile number you didn't for have, Hayley. Okay, 52770044 and there was an, an email, was there another address or what was it to look up else? So firstpeoplesvic.org.au Because I'll put this up on our blog, firstpeoplesvic.gov.au .org.au I think. I'll, I'll do a look at that, but yes, okay, that's fantastic. So yeah, with treaty coming up, so we've got a couple of couple of big things coming. So we've got yeah the the assembly, the treaty assembly, um, setting up. So that's really good. They've Arnie Jill Gallagher has just extended the voting time, um, so we can have a little bit more time to enrol to vote and vote, and then yeah. Hopefully and that's the beginning of something really great and fantastic. Let's hope so. Now, is the Uluru Statement still travelling the country? No idea. Never seen it. <laughs> it hasn't got here yet. I'm sure. You can have a Google. You can. You to can have find a read of it, I think. It but it's, um, yeah, that's another one where we can get really into political side of it. And I don't think that's what we really want with NADOC because it is a. It is a celebration. It's what the observance committee is is giving good recognition to the the, the Aboriginal community and the Torres Strait Islanders as well. So I think we can have positive political conversations as well. But um, I think yeah, NADOC is definitely our time to celebrate our achievements and and what we've got coming up. And I think one one side of it there too is we we believe that there's. With the uh, and I think we've mentioned this previously that with the census, 
that the number of people who identify as Aboriginal in our community is far below the actual number who are Aboriginal. Yeah, definitely. And so, so what do we say to those that's, you know, come out? It's So in this region alone, so in 2011 census, there was 184 people who, who identified as being Aboriginal. In the 2016 census, there was 284 people that identified as being Aboriginal. Now, I don't think 100 new Aboriginal people moved to Colac and the Otways. I think that 100 more people were more confident to identify themselves as being Aboriginal and to be proud and confident in who they are. So mm. I think that by the time the next census rolls around, I think that number would be probably closer to 500 within the Colac, Otway, Karangamite region. And that's all about making it a safe space for people to live in. Mm. But then once again, with the associations we've had, not just here but around places, that we know of people who are not identifying because of the seen stigma from other people within the family. And yep. so we need the cultural exchange or the cultural chats to go on so as it becomes just normal to be who you are. Yep, definitely, so, definitely. So I think we're... Um, there's people in people who don't feel comfortable with identifying in their own family groups and some people, those people have passed on or are um, no longer with us and so younger people in that family might feel more comfortable or confident to identify as being Aboriginal. I would hope that all people, age, gender um, aside, that are Aboriginal in this region would feel comfortable and confident to identify and we hope that the services are catching up and and making people feel safe as well. Okay, and that they're also respectful of the need for, well, respecting Aboriginal culture. Yep, um, Aboriginal culture and care. If there is an organisation that you feel isn't meeting the needs of Aboriginal people or yourself, um, please feel free to call me anonymously on 0449 and I'll be able to come and have a yarn and see how we can build a relationship with the organisation to address it. Right, now that is, that is the same phone number as we will just reiterate on uh, if you're wanting anyone, or people want to buy in on your uh, project. Yes, yeah, so a community and unity project, cultural advocacy. Um, if you're an Aboriginal person who just wants to connect with the gathering place, if you're a non-Aboriginal person who wants to learn a little bit more about the gathering place, um, feel free to give me a call on 0449-948-475 and I'll and do my best. Zero double four. Say it slow. Sorry, say it slower. <laughs> Zero double four nine. Yeah. Nine four eight four seven five. Okay, we've got it to slow down just a little bit <laughs> so you can make sure you wrote that number down. <laughs> dear oh dear. Um, and it's a wonderful space you've got over there too. It Beautiful, is. friendly, and welcoming. And how many people would you have coming through it now on an average? Because I know um, you've got to keep tabs on that. Yeah, so we're fairly consistent at the moment. We're probably getting about 15 people through a week. And what's different to the Aboriginal organisation in Geelong versus Colac is in Geelong we get predominantly Aboriginal people through the doors. I'd say eight out of ten phone calls are from Aboriginal people looking for support and advocacy. In Colac I would say that we're probably four to six and it's four Aboriginal people looking for support and advocacy and six non-Aboriginal people mm. looking for guidance and advice around culture. That's, That's fabulous. Yeah. People are eager to learn. 
Definitely, definitely, mm. definitely. But yeah, how we fund that is another yeah well, is another conversation for another day. <laughs> who's your acting CEO? We were lucky to meet her. Yeah, so we had um, Lisa Briggs down the other day. So Lisa Briggs is our acting CEO or interim CEO. I don't know what the what the title is there, um, but she has been down last week in Colac with um, Marg White and Edel Conroy. So really got their eyes and fingers in Colac at the moment. I'm hoping that something exciting comes out of those meetings. Well, just between you and I, we're not allowed to tell anyone about it, but we met Lisa at um, a thing on homelessness in Geelong. Yep. And um, she speaks very highly of you, and she said that they're going to be looking to do more stuff here, but it's a secret. It is a secret, so don't tell anyone. Um, (laughs) All right. What a fabulous woman she is, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, speaking highly of you was Mm. something that I thought, oh, you know, she doesn't really know you well yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's what everyone says. She wasn't speaking too highly of you. She was speaking, you deserve every little bit you get, Eb, for the amount of work you do do in community, just here in Geelong, everywhere. And uh, I'm really, really thankful that you're able to organise to come in today. No problems. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your first year here. Completed. Completed. Done, dusted. Ready for the next one. Yeah, thanks a lot. (laughs) We are. And I hope the weather's got to pick up a bit because my bones are aching in this sort of weather. But anyway, I had a look at the temperature just before. And would you believe that it's really gone up? It's now 12.7 degrees out there. And that's a lot warmer than in Geelong, because in Geelong at the moment, where we've got to go back to, I think I'm going to find that it's around about, oh, well, it's only 11 degrees, but anyway. We all know Colac is better than Geelong, so... Well, it was a lot warmer when we got here this morning than down there anyway, but enough waffle. Edwina, what are we doing next week? We're going to be talking with Colac Area Health about smoking, tobacco, smoker cessation, all that sort of stuff, something I gave up March the 17th, 2006. Beautiful. I can remember that very well. But yes, I haven't had a smoke since the voice just sounds as though I have. Um, So that should be good. I'm going to go out with a track and I'm going to give you a bit of a preamble on this one as well because it's quite good. It's another one that I've got to give the credit to for um, selections through Triple J and uh, work that's being done or that they're stuff that they've put together for. NADOC, and uh, it is great that NADOC is now being recognised by more and more organisations as time goes on. This track is by, and it's very difficult for me to pronounce, but it's Dapanbal Yanapingu, and she's a solo Indigenous act from Mur. I've got to roll your R, Yurikala, in the Northern Territory. And uh, the name of the song is Gortar. And it translates to the fire, and it's based on the Gumach songline, which is their traditional song about the fire that travelled through various Yongnu clans' lands. And this woman is uh, one of the six daughters of the famous lead singer of the Yothi Yindi band, Dr. Yanapingu. Uh, and her music is part of the youth of today um, stepping up and talking and telling the truth. And uh, yeah, they're the ones who are learning and they're the ones who are passing it on, and they're the ones we should be listening to, and we are doing so. So you've been with Edwina and Greg McHenry. We will be back with you again. I say thank you once again, Ebony, and to you, Ollie, wherever you happen to be, and we will talk to you again next week. Cheers.